And we're back. And on this portion of the adoption uh, section of the podcast, huh? And we're back. And so this is the portion of the adoption uh, of cryptocurrency portion of our Coinmania show. And I'm here with Christian. And the reason why I'm sitting with Christian right now, he's a 19-year-old. He graduated last year and super sharp as far as sales goes. Uh, kind of in between jobs right now, was uh, doing some events with uh, you know different Harley Davidson shops with their burgers and stuff like that, and um, and decided to take a pivot and go in a different direction. Interesting thing though is is the other reason I'm meeting with uh, with Christian is because he has and it's over at his house. We're over at his house, so you can hear some background noise in the background. Uh, his lovely mom does a great job at raising three good kids, awesome with their talents in each and every way. Uh, one thing I did notice from Christian about four years ago, though, is, is that he's got a salesman approach, but has some serious-minded thinking when it comes to video games, or not video games, but entrepreneurship, and he's been collecting some uh, cool items. He's looking to open up his own shop someday, and so uh, maybe there will be a podcast that we have him back on, and he can shoot his, uh, his side over, and you guys can give him tips in the form of cryptocurrency, so there's another use product or a use item. So I want to introduce Christian and... Uh, I'll lead into another question, but uh, Christian, can you uh, go ahead and tell a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm just a um, 19-year-old, just live with my mom, single mom, two brothers from Lemon Grove, just um, in between work right now, just trying to open up a game store pretty soon, just, um, just doing whatever I can, I guess. Well, and the nice thing is, is again, one of the reasons I'm sitting with Christian right now, this is the adoption portion of cryptocurrency, but when I had brought up Bitcoin a few months back, he had already heard of it. He had bought a service, I believe, or something along those lines. What was your experience uh, with cryptocurrency? Oh, uh, my friends used to buy stuff on RuneScape when I was little with it, when about fifth or sixth grade. Nice. Yeah. So the inflation portion of that is is that their Bitcoin that they were using back then, their Bitcoin as of yesterday market check was about $4,000. Wow. So who had Bitcoin of your friends? Do you remember? My friend Anthony. How many Bitcoin did he have? Uh, he had like 15 or 20. He spent like 100 and something dollars. So 15 or 20 um, back now today, that's $80,000. Wow. How you held. So buy and hold back then to today. That's pretty intense. Yeah. All right. So here's what we're going to do. This is I'm going to explain an analogy with you. Um, and actually tell me real quick, what's your favorite collector's item with your video gaming store? Just I know this is a sidebar, but what is your favorite thing you got? Um, probably the Game Boy Player for the GameCube so you can play those Pokemon cartridges on TV. Probably my favorite item I have. Nice. Yeah. I see. You got an old Game Boy, the original that you just had put in my hand too, which is kind of cool. You installed the backlight on a Game Boy color. Color. Yeah. So that was uh, that's kind of cool. A little bit of hack in that that uh, you looked up the instructions. Yeah. And so one of the things I want to tell you um, is is when I'm w working with someone like Christian, he's he's a millennial. He'll understand this concept. He already has friends that have had a use use purposes from it. But my analogy is still going to work with this. It's a pretty universal analogy. So do you remember going to Chuck E. Cheese when you were a kid? Yeah. When you brought and your mom brought in money and you wanted to play a game, could you play that game with her money? No, you had to cash them in for the gold coins. Okay, so they're tokens or gold coins, yeah. right? And then you could go play their game. So the situation is Chuck E. Cheese is its own economy or ecosystem. Yeah. And they have their own currency. What if you wanted to go to John's Incredible Pizza with those tokens? Would it work? No, they use a card system, I believe. Okay, card system that represents a formerly used token system. Yeah. And I've heard even today, so the interesting thing is you just moved over into a different economy, yeah. right? 
Um, interesting thing today is, is that uh, even Chuck E. Cheese is moving to the representation of tokens onto a uh, card itself. Yeah. So when you go in there and you use that, uh, and you use that token, that's actually used in an economy similar to Bitcoins being used universally for different goods and services, but alternative coins, and that's why Coin Mania is here, to explain the different alternative coin uses, yeah. are used for different use purposes while Bitcoin is um, growing in its ability to program. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So that is the quickest and easiest way, but before we get started, and um, before we got started with this analogy, I didn't ask the number one question I always ask, and that's on a scale of one to 10, how much do you understand Bitcoin and cryptocurrency on a scale of one to 10? Probably about a three or a four. I know a little bit. Well, I don't really know anything about it, but I've heard of a Bitcoin miner, people like okay. digging for Bitcoin or something on, online. Good. So we're at a three or four right now. My goal is to, again, educate and teach, and you're somebody that's a millennial, so that's all generations spreads across time because yeah. the more the adoption, the better the market, the more uh, firm it becomes. And somebody listening to you right now might be a millennial, and they'll be able to gain from that, and they might have heard similar things and had friends that used it and now spent $80,000 today from their $100 purchase back then. Yeah. Okay, so um, let me pull it into perspective with mining. Bitcoin is only going to be, there's only ever going to be 21 million. Right now, there's been 16.5 million mined. Oh, wow. Okay? And what it is is that mining occurs when the network or the nodes or the group of miners verify a certain number of purchases by way of Bitcoin. Okay? And what you're doing is, is you're putting it up on a public ledger. So it's like, okay, between me and you, um, you had an employer screw you. Basically, they said, okay, I'm going to pay you X amount for this amount of work. That was put on a public, I mean, a private ledger. Yeah. And so when it came time to get paid properly, that private ledger allowed him to manipulate the numbers and made it so you got, in your mind, taken advantage of. Yeah. Okay? The advantage of a public ledger is there's groups of people, X amount of people that have to verify that agreement before it goes into funding. And that happens really quickly, but when you do enough of those, the, my understanding is that the miners get paid one Bitcoin or it gets split up among the miners. Oh, okay. And that only happens every 10 to 12 minutes. And as time goes on, the reason why there's a finite amount of Bitcoin is, is the time, not the amount, but the time gets spread further and further apart till when you're, I think the number's like 2028 or something like that, there's no more Bitcoins being mined um, and produced from that process. Wow. So supply and demand, right? Yeah. If I have the only, let's see, we're in the kind of dining room area right now. If I have the last piece of watermelon, it's the last food that's in the house and everybody's starving, is it a valuable watermelon? Yes. We are just, we just barely had watermelon set out and there's a ton of pieces there, it's not so valuable, right? Yeah. So supply and demand, okay? Exactly. Ironically, I'm drinking watermelon sparkling water, unsweetened. <laughs> All right. So, as we're going along with this, uh, does that make a little bit more sense of what the mining is, what's going on with mining? Yeah. They're verifying the public, on the public ledger, um, the, on the blockchain, basically, yeah. uh, what has occurred with the, cur the uh, currency purchases around the world, okay? So, there's really not a whole lot more to it except for that cryptocurrency is essentially a groups of letters and numbers that make a coin unique. Your coin address holds your key 
your coin key or coin address is unique to you. If I came along and I knew those numbers, I could basically take your cryptocurrency and spend them somewhere else. What? The nice thing is, is that that's the only way that you can get burnt. There is double spend, but we won't get into that for this. Okay. But the beauty is, is that your greenback that you carry in your wallet, that can get counterfeited. And there's thousands of dollars that are micro sections that get passed on to the taxpayer by the Federal Reserve that's just printing this money without it being gap, without it being um, valued basically by gold or anything backing it. They're just printing a bunch of money, but they're also passing on the cost of having to make it counterfeit proof onto you as a taxpayer. So there's a disadvantage there with the old guard of non-digital currency. Yeah. Do you have a bank account? Um, no, not anymore. So here's the other thing with the bank accounts. Banks basically don't really hold on to your money. They hold on to some program of what your money represents. Yeah, I had to cancel it because I was getting random service fees and they were uh, taking like random amounts of money out every like couple weeks. There it is. So yeah. you're losing money for having that. For service fees and I didn't do put money in, I didn't like withdraw money, it was just random, like time, middle of the night, like early in the morning type stuff. So here's the cool thing with that is, is that we have the advantage over the banks because they won't, the fees that you pay are when you purchase something and it will charge you. There's also an advantage too because you can <laughs> apply with certain um, services. I haven't done this yet with mine, mine's kind of like an investment, it's sitting there I believe uh, in using it when it's proper. I, Paid for some steam stuff with my son. Okay. Uh, paid for groceries. I have a funny story the other day with that. Uh, but there isn't a card that you can get similar to a debit card or a bank card that will represent the amount of coins or tokens you have, and you can just use it like a regular Visa card. The eyebrows came up on Christian's eyes. He seems like that's a pretty cool deal. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good to me. So what really most people need is just a cell phone to hold on to their currency and, and the money to go ahead and exchange it, and a hard wallet when you get up in the amounts. And so. Um, that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. So uh, we're going to get into the the rest of the altcoins uh, as we get offline so I can kind of explain the uses of that. But what you need to know is this Bitcoin is the gold that backs the rest of the currency. And its market cap as of yesterday was $65 billion. And over $1.6 or more, I think it was a little bit higher than that yesterday because it was a spike, were traded into and out of the exchange of the Bitcoin. So it's very... It's, it's a stable market in the sense there's a lot of money that's being invested in and uh, used in it and a lot of our uses right now. Uh, Dell computer by your, you know, by your front door that we were just talking yeah. about, Dell will accept Bitcoin as a currency to buy. What? Um, Steam, that makes an obvious sense. Um, yeah. Amazon has a, a way of doing it, like a two-step approach to changing it is what I understand. Um, but there's about you know, 50,000 vendors that will accept Bitcoin. And um, and it's easy, you know. A lot of YouTubers, we were talking about that just a little bit before, can get their own address, put it up under their video, and ask for a tip if they felt like their video gave value. So uh, that becomes a vendor. I give you education, you give me value, yeah. uh, in the form of I mean, you give me currency in the value of Bitcoin. So many, many, many people can set up this as a payment process. Uh, this does not dodge taxes because you still have to pay on your income. Yeah. Um, and uh, that could be debated for a long time about what those taxes go to, but the point is is that uh, staying above water and, and giving Bitcoin a good name is, is, is purposeful. The other thing is, is if I was to pay you, and I did this because I was on-ramping uh, my father-in-law, I paid him in some Litecoin, 
and Litecoin shot up five dollars. So it's like I gave him like forty-five bucks because that's what it was at the time. I gave yeah. him Litecoin and it gone up to fifty dollars. It was like I paid it back and then some. Oh yeah. So a lot of people are getting paid in their uh, paychecks now in Bitcoin what? because it's not only currency you're getting paid for and you can use it like we just talked about, but it's also increasing in its value. Wow. I've never had a dollar given to me that didn't decrease in value because of time. Yeah. So, pretty exciting. So, so far on a scale of one to 10, I know you were at three or four just a few minutes ago. On a scale of one to 10, where is your understanding about Bitcoin? It's, it's getting there. I'm at about a five or a six now. Five or six now. Yeah. Good. All right. So that ends the portion of the adoption uh, portion of the coin mania. Uh, this is when, again, I, I educate the, the people that I love to associate with, quite honestly. Uh, about cryptocurrency and allow them to see it for what it is and that is just a great vehicle for currency uh, and in not a deflation in value and inflation in value and so with that uh, we're going to go offline now and I'm going to show a few other things to my friend Christian here.